Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. This is the show where we take a look at the upcoming games for the week, tell you what you need to know, give you the biggest storylines and more. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. He is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. What's up, RJ? Yes, he is RJ Ochoa, the only person on the SB Nation NFL show who likes Justin Fields, apparently. Uh, you know, at least if you listen to this week's episode of the Oddcast. Stats, I did have a question for you because you keep track of all these things. What number episode look ahead is this? Do you know off the top of your head? I do not. Well, if you had to guess, I mean, just if I guess had to guess, me. 51. Mm, so BLG won't be listening to this because he's a weirdo who doesn't <laughs> like odd numbers. Um, Unless it's a five, which makes no sense at so, all. So I actually wanted to talk about that because I understood where he was coming from. It's even increments. I understand that. Like, you know, five, 10, 15, 20. Like, I understand keeping things at, at even paces. But the other thing I wanted to add stats, and that's why I wanted to come in here guns blazing. Look at the Guerrero household, always on 73 degrees. Man, it must be nice to hang out at your pad. I don't understand. What temperature <laughs> do you keep your house at? 73 degrees is like what we sleep with. I mean, you know, just to put it in perspective, I live in South Texas. I mean, you know, that's pretty cold. You think 73 is cold? Yeah. If you're so you turn it down from 73, like that's normal for you. 73 it, my house is 73 degrees all the time. Look at you stats, man. The, uh, you know, the pockets are deep. seems way to go. All right. <laughs> I'm yeah. Okay. I didn't know that that was like a crazy thing. If you weren't listening, by the way, to the podcast, uh, my co-host, which Brandon is Lee most Gowden, people in the world, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Did you get your obligatory <laughs> shot out of the way? He said he cannot have the temperature setting on an odd number unless it's on like 75 or 65. If it's on the five, that's who okay goes to 65. Wow. <laughs> I have friends, RJ, that keep their house in the fifties. That's impossible. The only people who keep their place in the 50s are uh, college kids in their dorm rooms because they're not paying for it. That's the only way. They're, it's so cold at their house. I'm not making this up. You can see your breath sometimes. I go there. Oh I have to layer gosh. up when I go. What a exaggerator. I'm are. not making this up. It's it's frightening, really. It's you know I have to wear a jacket every time I go, and I just keep it on the whole time. All right. Um, I think that we need to have a little bit of an intervention, RJ. Oh. Because I'm worried about you. Oh. And I, you know, we're friends. I care about you. But every time that I see Dak Prescott news come across my screen, I slack you. And I say, hey, man, this isn't looking good. And every single time you respond back, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Now we find out. Dak's not going to play in the preseason game this week. In fact, he's probably not going to get out on the field again in a game until week one of the regular season against the defending champions. 
How are you not worried? So let me be clear in saying I understand the trepidation around how the Cowboys are moving the goalposts Um, because at first it was he's just going to miss a couple of days. At first it was we're going to hold him out through the scrimmage against the Rams, right? Like I I understand that. Um, But I don't know if this is a shocker to you or not. I've talked about the subject a lot, uh, both at Blog and the Boys and in various other places. And the thing I keep thinking about the most, Stats, um, is Dak Prescott's press conference after he got his extension with the Cowboys. And he talked about, I believe I've told you this before, he talked about how he realizes how important he is, how important specifically his health is to the state of the Cowboys. Because obviously, without him last season, um, they were, I don't Hideous. know. They, they well, they were the equivalent of the Green Bay Packers do throwback uniforms. And so, <laughs> um, you know, he realizes that. And I'm I'm truly fascinated to see how that kind of rears its head. Um, you know, the example I've used is like if it's third and six is and Dax running for a first down and he's two yards away. Is he going for it? Is he stepping out of bounds? You know, like I'm, I'm just fascinated to see because I think that happens in sports. I think that happens. I know I don't want to say once players get paid, but I think people coming back from injuries like yeah, people have scars. I mean, you know, and so I think that Dak and the Cowboys and team Dak are being overly cautious here. Now, to be clear, Mike McCarthy has said several times that they are treating the fourth preseason game or for their the fourth preseason game next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars as the a traditional fourth preseason game, because obviously this year there's three for most teams. Um, so Dak was never going to play in that. If, if, Dak, if this had never happened, the only game that Dak would have conceivably played in would have been this week against the Houston Texans. And so they're holding them out of that. And I understand, you know, it, it perking eyebrows, but I really think that, you know, this is a team that was really scarred last year and a team that, you know, didn't do anything to address the QB two position. <laughs> uh, they so, were so scarred. They did nothing. I, that remains one of the more confounding things about this team, but you know, and, and especially given that they learned that lesson literally when they drafted Dak Prescott with Tony Romo. Right. But hey, exactly. Um, it is what it is. But so RJ, I watch hard knocks and I oh, see Dak here on we the go. What I a... see Dak on the sideline. He doesn't look like a guy whose team's holding him out. He looks like a guy that's dying to get back out on the field and the Cowboys keep telling him no. And he keeps looking mad about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's hard. I think that's hard to hold star players back like that. But, you know, and this is a point that, you know, look, I don't want to give the oddcast too much credit here, but a point I've heard BLG talk about there with the way the Philadelphia Eagles were not with Carson Wentz in 2018, right? They let him kind of force his own way back. I also think about Robert Griffin III returning in 2013. Remember his whole operation patience thing that that really included zero patience you know what i mean like and and so i i think it's difficult there there has to be a lot of trust all the way around and i do think that dak realizes what's good for him i don't know that i think dak is playing up to the hard knocks cameras like let me in you know but i i mean he knows he's not going in in certain moments like that and i think he's just i think it's venting i think it's just it's part of the process but i'm not panicked but i i do agree that the moving of the goalposts is interesting. Although I will say we do see NFL teams do this too. I could totally see the moment Dak's muscle strain happened many weeks ago at this point, them immediately understanding and establishing, you know what, he's not going to play in the preseason at all. But if you say right. that, 
three weeks ago, then there's panic. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to kind of spoon feed this. I don't see. I don't think so. I disagree. I think if they said he's got a shoulder strain, we're not playing him in the preseason. He was only going to play in one preseason game. Anyway, we want to be extra careful. So we're just going to hold him out. Then they don't have to constantly update it every week. And we're not getting new reports about this. You know, like the, the, the way they've handled this is, is terrible. But he's, he's making physical progress. He's throwing more in practice. You know, like if he, if that wasn't true, I would agree with you. But then so why like, isn't he playing this week? Because they're erring on the side of caution. That, that is the reason, right? Like, But they if, weren't going to err on the side of caution four days ago. He was going to play. But again, I, that's why I buy the – there's like there's two approaches to this, to your point. There's the let's tell them the truth at the very beginning, which is not the way that most NFL teams handle this. <laughs> and then there's the let's completely hide all of the details and give as little as possible, give the bare bones minimum requirement. And that's – we're talking about a head coach here, Stats, who a year ago – when the Cowboys had their annual blue and white scrimmage, I don't know if you know this or not. This is a practice that the Cowboys stream online, DallasCowboys.com, all their social properties. Mike McCarthy had all the names and numbers removed from the Cowboys practice jerseys in fear of, I don't know, the Philadelphia Eagles watching it and being <laughs> able to discern what they were doing. So tell me that it is not inconceivable to see that person be one of the people who only wants to give you the bare minimum, bare bones amount of information week to week. First of all, we're going to get to your head coach. <laughs> he is so bad. We'll get to that. But here's a big difference between Dak and Wentz and RG3 and the guys that you mentioned. When it comes to those guys, RG3 and Wentz, the injury that you were worried about was the injury that they had last season. Right. This is a different injury with Dak. We're not talking about his ankle. We're talking about a shoulder strain, which, by the way, now they're going to the Texas Rangers for advice on. because And the New York Yankees. Like, this, that is such a bad sign to me. I almost thought, like, is this a Tommy John type injury? Because why else would you go to a baseball team? But that's more an elbow rather than a shoulder, so I wouldn't say that. But, like, it, this is bad to me. This stinks to high heaven, and I think that – I wouldn't be stunned if Dak didn't play week one. I think this could be potentially a major injury. And the fact that the Cowboys have so completely mismanaged the reporting of this whole thing just goes back to how bad their leadership is. And yeah, I'm talking about the cream puff you have as a head coach in Mike McCarthy. I will say to play devil's advocate to my own point, at this time last year, the Cowboys were saying and insisting that Lyle Collins, totally fine. Lyle Collins, everything's great. No worries. No reason to panic. Lyle Collins would go on to not play a single snap during all there of you the go. season. Um, so, I mean, but like, that's kind of like, we can we can find something to justify every take on this, right? Like, there's enough data and history with the Cowboys and the NFL in general to justify whatever. My true read on this, and and I, mostly it's, it's out of a trust for Dak Prescott. I mean, I know people have thoughts on Mike McCarthy. That's fine. But Dak has earned the benefit of the doubt in my mind. I don't doubt Dak. Like, whatever uh, misleadingness we think exists within NFL head coaches, I don't buy that that exists with Dak Prescott. That's just never who he's been. Uh, by the way, I do want to say everyone should go read the SI feature, uh, the cover story feature on Dak Prescott, which is more about his mental health and his brother's suicide and how he overcame that and obviously the contract negotiation, this really incredible glimpse into who Dak is and his mental strength and, um, you know, kind of his approach to life now, which is really admirable. And that's why, like, I just, I don't doubt that dude, you know, I'm in, and call me, uh, call what me a homer. Mean? 
But what do you mean you don't doubt him? Like, I'm not, this isn't a knock on Dak. If he's hurt, he's hurt. If he wasn't throwing at all, if, if he was, if he wasn't throwing, but the, all the verbiage was the same, I would be panicked with you. You know what I'm saying? But like, so I, I, that's why I, I buy my own theory. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to be like, I'm super smart. I came up with this great theory, but I buy <laughs> that the Cowboys are, look, I mean, I, I say this a lot, but the moment Dak went hurt, do you know it went through my mind on back on in October of last year? What went through my mind was, oh my gosh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, you know, the Masters. Uh, there were two Masters, you know, <laughs> NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, the entire, you know, MLB regular season almost. Like we have to go and live through all of those things just to get back to the beginning. That was the very first thing that went through my mind once like the reality of the situation set in. And so that is a, you know, if if I was if I was a decision maker involved here, I would say in absolutely no universe are we compromising that again? Because we went through that. We were 6 and 10. It was awful. It was terrible and we were so dumb that we didn't go and find an established QB2 to back us up in case we experienced this even in a minute sense ever again. Um, and so I totally understand, like, you know, being scared, right? Like, and, and I get that. And so I don't think they're going to come out and be like, we're terrified that we're going to miss Dak for any point in the regular season. So the, the ultimate, th this is Dak Prescott. You know, I know you talked about uh, on the podcast, anytime you hear like soft tissue injuries or skilled players that don't get time in the preseason, you get a little bit worried and shaky. We, we both agree that Dak is not somebody who needs the preseason work. So if you want to put him on ice until then, I'm fine with that. There are different approaches to it. This one might ensue more panic than, say, the Chargers and Brandon Staley at the outset of things saying none of our dudes are playing in the preseason. And maybe you think that that approach would have been smoother. And maybe that's fair. But ultimately, I think that they are exercising the same level of caution, just perhaps in, in a bit of a messier manner. Let's get to the leadership that you mentioned, because I'm watching Hard Knocks, which, by the way, Hard Knocks now sucks. You don't get any behind the scenes, anything. It is propaganda for whatever team is going to be on. Except here's the problem, RJ. There's nothing good about your head coach. They show him in the meetings talking to the team. It's like a high school coach. He is so cliche and, and horrible. It's like he's doing an impression of what he thinks a coach should say. Like, it is so pathetic. You see the reaction shots from the team, the way they look at him when he talks. He's not firing anybody up. And think about this. Those are the best ones, right? They're not showing you the ones where the players look totally bored and disinterested. This is the best that they got here. And I look at this, and I'm like, what is this guy doing? How did he bamboozle Jerry Jones into giving him this job? You think you're winning with that guy. That guy is the guy that's going to bring the Super Bowl trophy back to Dallas. No way. Um, yes, you just say I, I, you're right. Stats. No, I mean, just say it. Look, I realize that Mike McCarthy doesn't inspire the same levels of uh, heroism that Sean McVay does, for example, or the steely chinned Kyle Shanahan does. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if we're, I know, I know you're like half joking. At least I hope you're half joking. Uh, if if we're using hard knocks as a actual point of analysis here i i have said this for a long time i know that i've said that several times during this episode so this is just like the rj confirm my priors episode um but like if you can get 53 dudes to believe anything it's true 
right? Like if you can get 53 guys to believe the sky is orange, then the sky is orange, right? Like that's, that's all that matters in the world of the NFL. And so I think in his own way, Mike McCarthy is relatable or his message is relatable to the team. And I, I, you know, I hearken back to last season, the watermelon smashing, like that sounds weird and cheesy and lame and funny, but it's something the Cowboys players like the mojo moment in episode one of hard knocks was, is a thing that they really like. So pathetic and sad. It's a mojo moment. He's a grown man. What are you doing? But so what if 53 dudes like, or in this case, 90 dudes like mojo moments, that's all that matters. I mean, you know, I think they would show it if they didn't. I, I mean, I think that, I think we're, we're grasping for straws here. Um, I don't, I'm not like, you know, arguing that Mike McCarthy is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. But I think that, you know, I think that a certain quarterback who you particularly don't like has done an impressive job of painting him out to be this oaf. And so now people look to confirm those priors and anything he does that is of that, you know, kind of tree, people say, yeah, this is the same guy, the same silly behavior, the same whatever. He's an old school dude from PA. I mean, that's how he, and he's proud of that. Like that's how he rocks. And so um, I am, I'm hopeful for Mike McCarthy. I think this is a really, <laughs> this is a, this, this really is like, I, and again, I've said this before, but the, and, and you can argue however fair or whatever this is or isn't, but the guy spent an entire year oh, planning God, his return to the NFL. He did like that's, that's so what? Is, so, but that was, and, and look, he's, if, Every person in the world has had to deal with effects of COVID in the workplace, right? Like, and that's like a minimal effect of COVID here. But it is a, a fair thing to me to say that he had to deal with his entire plan that he built through a year, which he heavily publicized, which is part of the problem being completely taken away. And so this is the true first opportunity he's had to enact his plan. And then guess what? His quarterback has to miss like all of camp, you know, from a throwing capacity. And so, I mean, that's life in the NFL. I get that. And I realize that like, it's never going to be hunky dory. Like, cause that's such an people love to be like, well, if they're healthy, they'll win. Well, duh. Like, you know, if everything goes according <laughs> to plan for every team, like they're all going to be really good. Um, but th- this, this is a true opportunity for a litmus test for Mike McCarthy is my point. This particular I season. think you're, I think if this was any other team, you would be looking at it exactly like I do. I think you got the cowboy colored glasses on and you know, you talk about Aaron Rodgers painting McCarthy as an oaf and I agree he kind of did, but here's the thing. The Cowboys have full control over what we see in hard knocks. And so if there was ever a light that Mike McCarthy was going to be presented in where he would look like a coach, where he would look like a leader, where he wouldn't look like an oaf, RJ, this would be it. And when I fire that episode on, you know what I see up there? I see an oaf. I see somebody that is incompetent, that is just pretending, that has coasted on the arm and the brain of Aaron Rodgers for his entire career, and I think he's coasting now. That's how he got the job. I think it's going to be a disaster. So let's – like, you're right, right? Say say that existed, this this moment of, like, utter greatness for Mike McCarthy. Why would he want that to be shown? Right? Like, why – Why? no, like, why – I mean, isn't it not – is it not possible that Mike McCarthy doesn't care that maybe Mike McCarthy wants this? I mean, now I'm oh, getting, now I'm a little conspiracy. Yeah. Theorist, Are you serious? No, I mean, he's hiding the best element. He doesn't want people to know that he's actually a good coach. The team actually is inspired by him and likes him. 
All I'm saying is I don't think there's anything on Hard Knocks that is allowing us to discern anything one way or another, except for the fact that Jerry Jones likes McGriddles, Zeke <laughs> Elliott likes sunflower seeds, and uh, Ben DiNucci. Oh, yeah. And ba- uh, that's how not serious Hard Knocks is, by the way. And I love Hard Knocks, and I think that NFL Films does a fantastic job. But, dude, they're gassing up Ben DiNucci. And so what happens is all these national NFL fans, people that don't follow the Cowboys, are like, this guy's pretty good, and he's going to get cut. And, like, some Lions fan in the middle of, you know, Detroit is going to be like, I don't know why I had to be Detroit. I couldn't name another city in Michigan off the top of my head. That's embarrassing. Uh, can you name it? Give me a Michigan city stats. Lansing. Okay. Some Lions fan in the middle of Lansing or Ann Arbor. It's the only other one I got. Uh, is going to be like, wow, they cut Danucci like he was good. You know, it's like, no. Like, the thing you have to remember, and we talk about this a lot in our post-episode shows. For anyone who's curious, we do go live on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel right after every episode of Hard Knocks. We also podcast that conversation for anyone who wants to hear it. It is a show. It, and it is a show so much that the, the football is a secondary, if not even like a third thing on the priority list. As an example, the scrimmage they showed between Connor Williams and, or between the Cowboys and the Rams, Connor Williams kicked Aaron Donald's ass on one play and they didn't even show it. You know what I mean? Because that doesn't lend itself to the show. That doesn't build up the superhero that is Aaron Donald and most football fans' minds. We were really looking forward to that as Cowboys fans, but we didn't get it. So, I mean, it, they are building a show. That is important to remember. I disagree. I think there are things you can take away from Hard Knocks. I specifically remember watching the Bengals on Hard Knocks with Marvin Lewis, where Marvin Lewis had to explain to Chad Johnson how a bank works and that you don't pay the bank money to keep your that was money like in the bank. 14 years ago, though. I yeah, mean, there are things you can see when you're like, holy crap, what is Marvin Lewis having to deal with with this team? I think there are absolutely things you can tell and things you can take away. And I'm sorry, man. I have never been lower on the Cowboys. Dak is hurt. Their coach is an idiot. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a bad, bad season. If you think you're getting a Super Bowl with that guy, I think you're nuts. All right, nine and a half over under Cowboys right now. Under. I think I'm going under. I think okay. a nine is the number. I know that BLG uh, tried to steal the Monday Football Monday segment that was, uh, you know, wagering Chipotle burritos, but we'll do this, Stats. Um, if I win, I'll take the over here. Okay. You you get me a, a Whataburger meal of my choice, which is a delicacy in my neck of the woods. All if right. you win, I'll get you whatever you want. Whatever I want. Okay. How about a car? Okay. Anything you want for under 15 bucks. Okay. <laughs> if you can All find right. a car, it's up to you. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, over, under, nine and a half. Done. I feel, and I feel like I was generous to you because I was going to throw out eight and a half because I thought you would have taken it. No, I think nine is the number if you're lucky. So we'll see. Uh, let's they play do the NFC East. That's yeah. Like, that's they five probably won't even win their that. division. How dare you? All How right, let's you. take a break. We haven't even gotten to the actual games on the schedule for tonight. I had to get the Cowboys stuff off my chest. I feel bad for you. I want you to, to understand what you're getting into, and I felt like you were just – in denial a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How's All Jimmy right. Garoppolo doing? Terrible. Not that mm-hmm. you'd know it from the reports from the 49ers press corps. He's That's still on whole... the team though, right? Because it's I sick. was told I was told by a certain SB Nation NFL shower that he was not going to be on the Niners this year, that Aaron Rodgers was not going to be on the Green Bay Packers, that Russell Wilson was not going to be on the Seattle Seahawks. So how are those things going? If Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson <laughs> weren't so concerned about what everybody thought of them and actually kept their foot on the gas, they wouldn't be on their teams. But we're, mm-hmm. we're going off on a tangent here. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll look at some of the games this week. 
Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com AI. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Back here on the look ahead. All right, RJ, we got lots of games to rip through. So let's start tonight. New England, Philadelphia. I think this is a fascinating game. If I had to sum it up in one sentence, I'd say this is the game where Mac Jones wins the starting quarterback job. I agree with you. However, because football is a beautiful sport that somehow, some way always delivers because of the trash talk that the Philadelphia Eagles had going on this week. I don't know if you saw the stats. They were calling Cam Newton um, check down Cam or Captain check down, something <laughs> like this. Um this this there is going to be a cam like 40 yard touchdown pass like that's that's football getting you back that's my only guarantee for this game but i agree that mac jones will look great i just think that mac jones is exactly the kind of quarterback that bill belichick wants cam newton never fit belichick's style belichick wants a guy that's going to go out there find the open man deliver the ball quickly and accurately and keep the chains moving and that's exactly what mac jones is that's not what cam is cam is a drop back hold the ball maybe avoid a rusher, extend the play, and then see what happens. Kind of a guy. He just doesn't fit what New England wants to do. I think this is the game where we're going to say, you know what, Cam is washed and Mac Jones is the guy, even if Cam does make a big play. Mm, I think that you are a little high on Mac Jones out of your love for Kyle Shanahan. I've realized this just in this moment right now. What? Because Kyle Shanahan was rumored to be in love with Mac Jones. So I actually thought about this when I was listening to you and BLG bag all over Justin Fields. Um, we didn't I bag all yes, over you Justin Fields. You guys Field. hate Lamar Jackson. You hate Justin That's Fields. Not I true. am Team Lamar, Team Fields. You dudes just enjoy being wrong. But you know why BLG doesn't like Justin Fields stats? You know why? Because the Eagles passed on him. So BLG needs Justin Fields to not be great to justify the Eagles passing on him, no matter how great Devontae Smith. Because I think you would agree, even though Patrick Sertan looks amazing, PFF's number one graded rookie last week, he could be the most amazing cornerback in the history of the NFL. If he's not a franchise quarterback, it is still Doesn't a matter. failure. Right. Yep. And so you are cut from a similar cloth here because no. Kyle Shanahan was so in love reportedly He with was Mac never Jones. so in love you with Mac You need Jones. Mac Jones to be great so that you could be like, see, Kyle Shanahan has the eye. He has the yo-ho. He understands which quarterbacks are elite, and that's why Trey Lance is going to be a, um, an amazing quarterback. I've done it. I've cracked the code. Wow. Oh, okay, I don't even know. <laughs> the dots that you connected there, you lost me. I don't have to care about Mac Jones anymore because he's not on my team. But anyway, I still think Mac is going to be – Better than Cam. Cam threw eight touchdown passes last year, RJ. If you double his touchdowns, he still only throws one less than one a game now that they play 17 games. Like, that is not – that's just not good enough. I think Mac's going to win the job. On the other side, 
Where are you on Jalen Hurts? Do you think he could potentially be the guy? Have you seen enough to say it's just not there? Where do you stand? I said this on the NFC's mixtape, which you can listen to on both the Blog and the Boys and Bleeding Grenation podcast feeds, uh, the most revolutionary podcast. Can you just answer a question without promoting something, please? That's not my job. Anyway, um, (laughs) I tweeted this last week during the game that Jalen Hurts is the biggest X factor in the NFC East. And I got dragged in my mentions by all these Cowboys fans like, what about CeeDee Lamb? Duh, CeeDee Lamb is awesome. But the point is, the the biggest swing player in the NFC East is Jalen Hurts. And I think he looked serviceable last week. And so I'm not as down on Jalen as most people are. I know mm-hmm. there's not like a reason to really believe other than his like leadership qualities. But he does remind me of the early days of Dak Prescott, where he just had this intangible quality that you gravitated towards. And so I could see that. And so I, I'm I'm anxious to see that play itself out. I need more data to feel to have a real like hard take about it. But I'm intrigued at the very least. And so I'm excited to see him one. Yeah, yet again. I'd like to see Devontae Smith, too. Like, I don't know if he's going to play yet. It's Thursday morning as we record this, um, but I hope he does. I love to see, like, young skill players out there. So hopefully he gets in there and has a a nice game. I like to see the Eagles have a nice wide receiver for once. I know you don't care because it's NFC East, but. Yeah, I really could not care less about that. Exactly. All right, Kansas City, Arizona, who cares? The Chiefs are good. The Cardinals aren't. Cincinnati and Washington. Joe Burrow is not going to play for Cincinnati. Uh, I have not been seeing good reports about Jamar Chase. He had a nice bubble screen last week against Tampa. That was it. <laughs> that, that, that was that was it. Like that was the the peak of it. Um, it it has seemed like he's coming along slower than some would like. Um, and Jalen Waddle had the the great punt return moment last week. I mean, it does feel like at least when he's practiced, Devontae Smith has maybe garnered the the most hype of the top receivers from the class. Elijah Moore obviously gotten a lot of pub, um, yes. you know, throughout, throughout camp as well. But yeah, I mean, um, I think if you're playing the like, what do we need to see game? I, th- I don't know that we need to see Jamar Chase play well, but like this is a team that passed on Panay Sewell for right. Jamar Chase. So like kind of like we talked about Sertan and Fields, like, it, it, you know, Sewell is an extension of Joe Burrow at this point in time. And I know that the Bengals kind of seemingly at least placated to Burrow by drafting Jamar Chase, his collegiate buddy. And so, I mean, I don't know. This this is this is a really this is an experiment. I'm it, like we won't have enough data on this for like three years to fully you know be able to kill the Bengals or praise them for their decision. But right now it's not looking good. I'll say that. When you draft a receiver that high, you want a guy that's going to come in and light it up right away. You're not looking for a guy that needs a couple of years to develop because of the guys like you said that you're passing on. There's an opportunity cost there. And I look, I hope he turns out well. But right now I'm a little worried about Cincinnati. Buffalo and Chicago, we don't know about Justin Fields. He was held out of practice on Wednesday. Uh, They said there's still a chance that he could play. I really hope he does because, like, watching him and all these rookie quarterbacks has been fascinating. Gives you an opportunity to hate all over him, right? I I don't – see, this is like I hate – you're painting me with this brush here. All we said about Justin Fields on Tuesday was that he did some good things, but he also did some not-so-good things. Of course. It wasn't all good. And, by the way, his long touchdown pass, the dude was wide open. If he can't hit that, they got some real problems. So I'm just – I really want to see him again, especially him running. He is so – fast as a runner it was stunning to me i saw doug farrar uh had a breakdown on this this past week that 
his most impressive throw throughout the game or the, the I forget exactly what the title of the article was, but it's like the throw worth being excited about wasn't wasn't that one. Like everybody looks at that like, holy crap, threw a 30 or touchdown. Yeah, like that, you know, stats could have thrown that. Yes. Um, but I mean, the most impressive throw was, I believe, near the end of the second quarter. He's scrambling to his right and and throws kind of across his body and delivers the start. And like that's the Justin Fields like playmaker we want to see. And so I I'm intrigued. Again, I'm I'm a believer, unlike the oddcast. I love <laughs> Justin Fields. You buried the lead, though, on this stats. This is the Mitchell Trubisky revenge game. He's back in Chicago. Oh, God. How about Andy Dalton, speaking of burying the league? Oh, uh, Justin Fields is going to have a good career, but this is my time now. What? So I don't <laughs> want to get accused of, like, caping for people who were associated with the 2020 Cowboys that were part of the disappointment. Obviously, Mike McCarthy earlier, now Andy Dalton. I really felt like the outrage from this was unfair to Andy Dalton. And I'm surprised that I have this take because the aggregated line was the one you said, but watching the context of it, like I understood where he was coming from. You know, he was saying like, Justin's going to be amazing. Like he's awesome. I'm here right now. This is my time. Like it wasn't a, this is my time. It was like, this is my time. Like I'm here right now. You know, I, I understand where he's coming from. And I think that that mentality, however foolish it might seem when you do aggregate that line, is fair for Andy Dalton to have. I mean, he was signed by the Bears under the impression that he is the starting quarterback. However unlikely that seems to be for the duration of the entire season, like, can you fault the guy for believing it? Like, I I, I think to operate at an elite level, which Andy Dalton has done has in brief moments. Done. Has 20, never 20, done. 2015 Andy Dalton before the thumb injury was really, really, really good. And so that, that whole roster is really good. And so, I mean... I think to to play it at a high level, a high enough level at least to make it to the NFL, I think you have to think that way sometimes. And so I I get where Andy Dalton's coming from. It's unfortunate though that and that's another one. That's another like confirm my priors. People want to just people are looking for reasons to bag on Andy Dalton, especially in the aftermath of Justin Fields lighting it up, uh, much to the oddcast's chagrin. Um, and so people are like it becomes its own meme, and that's unfortunate for Andy. I don't need a reason to bag on Andy Dalton. He stinks and everybody knows it. He's giving me a reason when he says dumb things like that. Andy, it stopped being your time the second the Bears traded up to take Justin Fields. Your time was over. You had nine years as a starter in Cincinnati. But what should he your say? Your time then? Like, is over. What, what should he What should he have said? What, what's the politically correct thing for him to say there then? He was good up until he said that line. His point, I agree with you. Like his mentality was like, look, I'm – they say I'm the starter. I have to focus on that. That's where my concern needs to be. I don't need to worry about Justin Fields. But to say that specific line was just ridiculous by Andy Dalton. He's not going to be the starter, by the way, because Justin Fields, if he plays, is going to light it up again. And guess what? The Bears are going to say Justin Fields is the guy and Andy's going to be QB2. Let's I also, uh, sorry, Stats, one last thing on this. I know that people are saying, like, Andy needs to play into week two so he can have his revenge game against the Bengals. <laughs> Andy started for the Cowboys last year in Cincinnati and won. <laughs> so, so, like, he's already gotten revenge. Yeah, like, I hate this, like, thing that, like, he needs his revenge game. He already got it. So that's my last thing on this. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. You only get one, right? That's when someone disses you and you have to come back. The next thing that you say is the comeback. He already mm -hmm. had his uh, Jets and Packers. This is interesting to me, RJ, because I feel like of all the first round quarterbacks, 
Zach Wilson's performance, I feel like has not even really been talked about. He's kind of been like glossed over. It was all Fields, Lance, and Mac Jones. And I thought he looked solid, you know, especially for a Jets quarterback. Solid has been something that they haven't really seen a lot of recently. So I'm really interested to see Wilson again this week. This was uh, mentioned on, on Monday Football Monday. We talked, and you did too, on the podcast about how Justin Fields had the longest time to throw among first-round rookie quarterbacks this past week, week one of the preseason. Zach Wilson had the least amount of throw, the shortest amount of time to throw. So I would like to see that change. I just want to see what he looks like in different circumstances. I, I mean, he's going to be under fire a bit as a rookie. This is a really interesting scenario in the Packers angle to it all I saw last week Josh Johnson said and I, I mentioned this too but you know that Zach Wilson makes some Aaron Rodgers like that I was like what does that mean you know like what is like, <laughs> like it's so silly um I do think that this will be labeled as kind of like a passing of the torch moment or whatever you want to call it um but I don't know like I, I'm I'm having a hard time getting juiced up for this. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really, really more than anything. We talked about this last week and we kind of manifested this. I want to see Jordan Love ball out again. That Like feed that meme. That's what I want. Yeah, like we like chaos and that would only cause more chaos. He was a little banged up. So there's he may not play also. Uh, we'll find out again as we record this. Uh, he has not been ruled out. So yeah, I, I love the Jordan Love thing. Play really great. Give the Packers every incentive to move on from Aaron Rodgers is essentially what I'm hoping for as I root for a team that plays in the NFC. Atlanta and Miami, I know that like everyone thinks that Kyle Pitts is going to be awesome. I'm not on that train. I'm not saying he won't be. All I'm saying is let's see him actually do it before we anoint him as like the third best tight end in the league, which I feel like some people already want to do. So let me see something, Kyle Pitts. And then for Miami, it's still all about Tua. I'm still in a holding pattern with him. And, and eventually, RJ, that's not good enough. Like, I can be in a holding pattern on a guy, but if he never shows me anything to get me out of that holding pattern, then it's not a holding pattern anymore. It's just who he is. Well, I think if you're stuck in a holding pattern, you're, like, imprisoned. <laughs> like that's that's what that, that is. Um, yeah, there... Pete did a great job of characterizing Tua's performance last week. Like, that was a confirm my priors game, regardless of what your priors were. Like, if, if you were high <laughs> on Tua, if you were low on him, there was a little bit of everything. And so, I, I this is one of the weirder situations. And I think Miami in general is this weird team. I think we've kind of, I think they've kind of skated by. Because last season, as they were really kind of riding up, it was like, oh, the process. Like, it all worked. All the draft stock, everything they compiled, it's all here. It's finally, and then, like, they did fizzle out, and they didn't make the playoffs. Yes, they had the great moment at the end of the season. Ryan Fitzpatrick's, like, face mask pull, touchdown in Vegas, whatever, blah, blah. But, like, how are we not I, – I, I don't know how this has happened. Like, I don't know – I've always thought that, like, because the, the logo is such a, a soft animal that there is this, like, <laughs> this, this apprehension um, towards, like, you know, demanding or, like, accountability from the Dolphins. I don't know if that makes sense. But if this was any other team that has had the ride that Miami has over the last couple of years, like, if this was the – I don't know, the the Browns. Like, when the Browns got to a certain point, it was like, okay, we need proof of concept. You know what I mean? And they did it, like, much to their credit. And so, like, we're deep into this thing with Miami. And so, like, how is there not this, like, I don't want to say playoffs or bust mentality, but how is there not this, you know, you have to show us something in 2021 because you've done a lot of work and now is the time for it to really pay off. When you're doing a rebuild, eventually, like, construction has to be over and you're supposed to yeah. be left with something. So let's see where Miami is. I agree with you. Like you don't get that forever. You get a couple of years to build it up and then eventually you got to have something to show for it. They don't right now. We'll see if that changes. 
Baltimore, Carolina. We think Sam Darnold is going to make his preseason debut. I can't wait to see it, RJ, because I think Sam Darnold stinks. I don't know why people think he's good, and I just want him to go out there and prove me right. That's a rebuild that is soon to be um, in hot water, too, potentially, with Matt Rule. Like, you know, all the the buzz from year one is faded. Now it's like, what do you got? Um, as somebody who's going to be drafting Christian McCaffrey, the number one overall pick in my fantasy league of record, I'm very concerned about this. Uh, so I really want to see an offense that makes me feel better. I can't believe you buried the lead against stats. The Baltimore Ravens going for their 19th straight victory in the preseason. This would tie them with Vince Lombardi's Packers, who I guess were the teams that wore those ugly throwback uniforms that the Packers want to wear this year. But that is a weirdly impressive thing. Like when you think about all the, you know, the backups that play in multiple preseasons, you know, year over year. Uh, Great. Congratulations, preseason champion Baltimore Ravens. Wow, still bitter over Super Bowl 47. Yeah. (laughs) Detroit and Pittsburgh, there's nothing in this game worth watching. Am I wrong? Um, no, you're not. I mean, there you go. It's about time you started coming over to my side, Tennessee and Tampa Bay. Same thing. Like I know what I'm going to get from Tennessee. I know what I'm going to get from Tampa Bay. Nobody get hurt. I don't need to watch it. Like just get through it and let's move on. I should say, since you didn't again, I'm here to you know save your ass stats that Tom Brady said this week that Ryan Tannehill was not one or not the quarterback that he was talking about on the shop when he said, you chose this. I don't want to make you work and bleep it out, but you chose this dude over me. So it was not Ryan Tannehill. He likes Ryan Tannehill who went to the greatest school in the world, Texas A&M university. I doubt Tom Brady's ever going to tell us who it is anyway. So that that wasn't exactly news to me. <laughs> Houston and Dallas. I feel like we've spent a lot of time on the Cowboys. The Texans are an absolute dumpster fire. Going to be the worst team in the league. Dak is not going to play. Anything else worth mentioning? The Cowboys linebackers have forced a turnover in each of their first two preseason games. And granted, the first one against Pittsburgh in the Hall of Fame game was kind of um, kind of just a, a bad snap or a bad exchange between the Steelers. But still, I mean, it counts. Um, and, um, you know, last week, Keanu Neal stripped a player on the Cardinals after Michael Parsons held him up. So, you know, it'll be nice to see it. I want to see a real turnover. I want to see an interception. I want to see a Cowboy defender break on the ball. I think a lot of Cowboy fans want to see that out of their defense. Uh, Indianapolis and Minnesota. I'm interested in this one, RJ, because I have a sneaking suspicion that they won't admit it, but I think deep down in places they don't talk about at parties, they'd like for Kellen Mond to be the quarterback there. I think they've seen Kirk Cousins. They know what Kirk Cousins is. They know he's not terrible, but they know he's not the guy. He's not enough. What was the expression you used? Deep down or they won't admit it at parties? Is that what Deep was down in places they don't talk about at parties. When I envision you um, and, you know, you, you know, you and your social life stats. I envision you at a party like, you know, the one Michael Scott and Jan go to where they like announce as a couple. Like, the dinner, I, it, yeah, it, yeah. Well, no, no, not the dinner party. I'm talking about it's early on. I think it's like season three, maybe. Um, okay. And Jim is there with Karen. And and right before Michael has the framed contract of Jan and everything like it's David Wallace's house. And then Jim goes and I envision you there. Like to me, that house, uh, David Wallace's house looks like the Jumanji house. That's the kind of party <laughs> I envision you at, you know, like just in like a, a tweed or a cashmere sweater. You know what I mean? With a tie underneath, like looking sharp, a nice glass. You, I can hear your ice you know, clinkling around while you're moving around and, you know, bumping fists and shaking hands and kissing babies and whatnot. Anyway. Um, I think they will admit it at parties, but I think it's like <laughs> 1130 at night. You know what I'm saying? Like there's been, there's been a lot of ice clinking around, you know, by the time the Minnesota is willing to admit this. 
And I am firmly on record about this. The Minnesota Vikings have their bye in week seven. It's the same week as the Dallas Cowboys. And they play each other following that game uh, on Sunday Night Football. We see this a lot in the NFL with teams that have rookie quarterbacks. They go into the bye and say, the rookie, he's going to start coming out of the bye. So he has the, the whole extra week to prepare, et cetera. I think the Cowboys are getting Kellen Mond's first start when they play the Vikings this season. Ooh, week eight, that feels about right, right? Well, here's the other part of it is that Kirk Cousins is not vaccinated. So he potentially could miss at any point yeah, 10 he days. He at the Jumanji house, true. If not more. So like, even if they're totally happy with Cousins this year and he's killing it, Mon may have to make a start. So that, I mean, I don't even know. Is Cousins the only starting quarterback that's not vaccinated in the league? Like that is a huge deal. Maybe the Vikings don't want to talk about it or whatever, but you, your starting quarterback is not going to be vaccinated. To me, that's a massive competitive disadvantage. Am I right about the Jumanji thing? Is that the kind of house you go and, and chill out in? I, I know. know. It's, I, mean, I don't know if it's the house. It's 50 degrees or whatever. But I mean, is that <laughs> is that where you're uh, where, you, where you're hanging out? I mean, I wouldn't turn it down if someone it was a beautiful house. By the way, did you not get the reference deep down in places you don't talk about at parties? I don't. I don't know. Oh, reference. my God. OK, see, that is <laughs> that makes me feel so old. You need to do some research on that it's one. It's like a Casablanca reference or like Gone with the Wind or something. No, it's not. Con- you're such a sure. <laughs> How old do you think I am? You told us all on the podcast. I I listen. Thirty six. That's right. So <laughs> Casablanca's black and white. For God's sakes. I don't, I don't know how that works. I mean, you know, I, oh. my reference was The Office. Like, let's if if it's not on Netflix, stats, you have no shot of me ever watching it. I By the way, is. Friday Night Lights is back on Netflix. Have you seen this oh, show before? What? Who cares? Oh, you're one of these people that doesn't like. How dare you? I just how dare you? We got. Bunch more games to go here. Vegas and the Rams. And this is interesting because they're in joint practices and they keep fighting each other, RJ, to the point where Sean McVay is like mad because they can't get anything done at practice. That's the Rams way. They fought with the Cowboys when they were out there. Um, You know, just a dirty team. No, I don't know. I mean. No, I think that's accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Bunch of cheaters. I mean, we talked about the rebuild pressure. I mean. I'm I'm ready to see the Raiders look good. And I know it's the preseason, but like at this point, you've lost the benefit of the doubt for the preseason Raiders. Like you got to show me something because the, the clock is ticking there. 100%. John Gruden has been an unmitigated disaster since he's come back and he's got a huge, massive contract for a head coach. By the way, we were talking about Jordan Love earlier. I just want to update that because this has happened as we record this. Jordan Love is unlikely to play against the Jets. See, Matt LaFleur, so you know what it is, RJ? They're trying to prevent that situation. They don't want Love to look super good in the preseason because then it just throws another factor into this stew that they have to deal with with Aaron Rodgers, so they're keeping him under wraps. Interesting how you're so willing and able to buy conspiracy theories when it comes to the Packers, but not the Cowboys. Huh, interesting. Seems like I, you're harboring resentment for the 92 and 93 NFC Championship games. <laughs> no, big deal. no, I got over it in the 94 NFC Championship game. Damn, um, nice. <laughs> Denver and Seattle... Drew Locke, I feel like, is on the cusp of winning that job. Vic Fangio said he's damn close. I think that was his his uh, quote here to making quarterback decision. Uh, to me, it's an easy decision. Why the hell would you ever have any confidence in Teddy Bridgewater? At least there's a chance Locke could develop into something. The Polaroid is fully developed with Teddy B. Yeah, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I know most people do, but Drew Locke looks more capable. I thought Drew Locke looked Derek Carrish last week against Minnesota. Fair. And that's that, fair. that sounds like an insult, but like he looked like the, you know, like a, a standard 
standard, you know, like a guy who can make it to become a starting quarterback in the NFL, not necessarily one you believe in, but I thought he, he resembled that quality. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I'm excited to see Denver again. I said this on Monday football Monday, this has been the like mega plug episode for me apparently. <laughs> uh, but you can see with Denver how Aaron Rodgers would be interested. You can totally see that. And so I'm interested oh, yeah. to see if that continues that rate. I, I feel like Denver's offense potentially could be very good. Um, and if you told me Drew Locke developed into like the 12th to 15th best quarterback in the league, I wouldn't be stunned. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. If you told me that Drew, that 2021 Drew Locke had a 2017 Case Keenum year, you know, the Broncos could be really good. Like I could see that. Yeah, they're not going to be an ease. Like they they might not beat the Chiefs, but I could see them giving the Chiefs a run for their money for sure. If Locke can be anything close to what we're talking about, uh, the Sunday games, the the Giants and the Browns, and you know we were talking about the clock ticking on like rebuild projects, and I hear Dave Gettleman talk this week about mm. how he's happy that what mm. with what they got back in the Odell trade, mm. and that he doesn't regret taking Saquon Barkley second. Mm. I mean that is the dumbest comment of all time Dave Gettleman still would take Saquon Barkley number two overall when is the Giants rebuild going to yield anything like when are we going to see it with the Giants we're not (laughs) I mean like we're not I I don't now I'm not plugging anything except myself I was the first to arrive here stats I've been saying all offseason long the only team in the NFC that I am one 100% 100% confident will be worse than the Giants or the Detroit Lions. And even then, like, the weirdness of, you know, Dan Campbell could, you know, luck into the Lions being better. The Giants are a disaster. And it's not because their team is bad. They're not stocked. They don't have talent. They do have talent. Daniel Jones, there are th- qualities about him as an NFL passer or an NFL athlete that I can see. I Saquon Barkley, obviously an incredibly talented running back, arguably the most talented running back in the NFL when healthy, although that's a big question in and of itself. And they're being so like, that's a dude who they're being really vague with Saquon Barkley uh, because, you know, whatever. But Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, even Evan Ingram, they added Kyle Rudolph, however much you believe in that. Like there are pieces there. They have maybe the best secondary in the NFCs. They added a Dory Jackson this year. Like there are things I like, but that staff, that front office, that that brain trust, I mean, it's just it reminds me of the brain trust in um, in Scrubs, you know, where the janitor was like the leader of it. it <laughs> but, but like the janitor was this like random person who was like so unpredictable. Like that's Dave Gettleman. Like, you know what I mean? Like you never know what direction that dude's going in. And so I cannot believe in any plan that they could possibly have, especially when they were one of the most inefficient offenses in the NFL last year in the first year under their new offensive coordinator and Jason Garrett. This is an offensive league. It's a passing league. And so you have one of the most archaically minded people running this offense. It is going to run your team into the ground. Like Daniel Jones, the best thing Daniel Jones does is run. And what happened when he got into the open field? He tripped over his own feet when nobody was within 10 yards of him. That was all I needed to know about Daniel Jones. No, thank you. Hard pass. Next up, San Francisco and the Chargers. These teams are joint practicing this week as well, RJ. Obviously, this game is all about Trey Lance because basically nobody from the Chargers is even going to play. That's true. I'm excited to see Trey Lance yet again. Um, definitely one of the more interesting storylines to watch throughout the NFL this season. Can he do it? 
I don't know if you could say, can you do it again? I know that a lot of people were impressed. Some people weren't as like ridiculously impressed last week um, in his performance. I know he's not playing, but I did want to mention uh, that I saw the Chargers YouTube channel had a 10 minute long mic'd up video with Justin Herbert. And that dude is so cool, man. Like he is so easy to root for. Um, and so I just, I watched it. And they also had a video of him at his golf fundraiser charity tournament and Dan Fouts showed up like this dude is just awesome like Justin Herbert I didn't mean to make this not about Trey Lance because I know it's a sin in your eyes uh but Justin Herbert is really 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 good I was so dead wrong on Justin Herbert we had him on the show when I produced pro football talk before the draft and we asked him like who's a quarterback you really look up to and without hesitation he said Joey Harrington and when he said that I was like oh my god like that's your I fastball. Mean, that's the guy you're going to. That makes I, sense when he's coming out of college. I mean, dude, you know. I was like, this is trouble. I was like, this guy's not the guy. He doesn't seem very like he, he doesn't seem like he has like a, you know, a uh, personality that would attract leadership. I was dead wrong. He's an absolute stud. He's incredible on the field. He is like what every team hopes their quarterback that they draft is going to be to just come out there and blow up immediately. Yeah, what you're hoping Trey Lance will be. But like the sentence you just said, like just like clip this next year and then next year just go do like a Justin Fields and then like replace it over Justin <laughs> Herbert's name. Again, I didn't hate all over Justin Fields. Just because I didn't offer him nothing but glowing praise doesn't mean that I hate him. Mm-hmm. Last up, Jacksonville, New Orleans. I mean, both quarterbacks in this game, well, all three, I guess you got to throw in. Trevor Lawrence, I thought his debut was fine. Like I still want to see the plays from Trevor Lawrence that justify this whole generational best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Cause I haven't seen those yet. So I really hope we get to see it. Um, and on the other side for the saints, like I almost think they have to start Jameis Winston at quarterback because they need Taysom Hill at wide receiver. That's a great point. Um, New Orleans is, I don't know if it's quietly, but quietly the, Biggest dumpster fire in the NFL. Yes. Like there's, that's, there's a lot going on there. And I know that you're just like bathing in it and relishing in it. Um, th- that is a, a weird situation to watch. Like if you told me there was a weird sideline moment from any team this weekend, I would bet on New Orleans. Like just because um, it's it's interesting. I mean, that that and I think that they're a symptom or an example of and I know you won't like this, but they were a dynasty that wasn't like New Orleans from 2017 through 2020 with this, this dynasty without a title. And I know that's not a dynasty, but you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> they were so, so good and they didn't ultimately cash in. And we're so right now we're seeing what happens to dynasties when things fizzle out and things like start to fall apart, all of this like internal combustion. And I think that's what's happening here. Right. NFL films used to do a series called the missing rings. And it was all about like the really good teams that didn't ultimately win a championship. And you can put those, some of those saints teams in there, but I just think we're, this is, you know, we're going to look back at the end of this year and the saints are going to have like six, seven wins. And I think we're going to look back and be like, how did more people not see this coming? Cause I just think it, they fit all the, they check all the boxes to just be a bad team this year yet because they've been really good in the past. People are, don't want to say it or don't want to admit it. Hmm. You were first, though, Stats. You were first. I mean, for God's sakes, the team would go 7-9 and nine with Drew Brees at quarterback. Like, really? <laughs> you think they're going to win? Like, they're going to be terrible this year. I agree with you. I agree. But I do want to see Trevor Lawrence. Um, I do want to see Jacksonville more in general, um, just because that's a team 
if there's a team that like you know that people love to go like worst to first teams in, yep. in their division, Jacksonville is a really strong candidate. But most of that is the status of the or the state of the NFC, AFC South at the moment. Yes, I totally agree. Their division is not the strongest. I just I have no faith in Urban Meyer. I, I mean, the whole Tim Tebow thing, like, what do you, what do you do in bringing him Tim Tebow? And the second he got out on the field and we actually got to see a look at it, his horrible quote unquote blocking went viral. They had no choice but to cut him. They had no choice but to cut him after that because they just looked ridiculous. Jacksonville, amazing. It's amazing that Jacksonville is not the uh, biggest like sideshow in this game. <laughs> and how many times have they been able to say that in the last 15 years? Yeah, that's a good point. Shout out to the Jaguars. Way to go. Enjoy your top 10 pick every year for the next probably 10 years. That's going to do it for this edition of the Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. Again, if you haven't done it, smash that follow button. It's the perfect time to jump on board. It's going to be a crazy year, and we were going to be here with you every single step of the way. RJ, you are an officer and a gentleman. I thank you very much, and I'm looking forward to next week when we have more great Trey Lance performances to talk about. That's true. I uh, can't wait to head on over to your house, a cool 73-degree environment <laughs> um, with, uh, with scotch glasses and clinkling ice. Amen, brother. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI.